0: Hey everyone, this is More Than Just Trucks, a podcast for gearheads, truckers, and anyone who wants to learn more about the trucking industry. This podcast is sponsored by Truck Country and Stoops Freightliner. Come along with me as we dive deeper into what makes this $700 billion industry an essential part of all our lives. Here, we will interview industry leaders, educators, and more as we aim to inform the population on all things trucking. Hey, since this is our first show, I wanted to take the time to uh, introduce myself and the rest of the team that will be putting this podcast on together for us. And then we'll dive a little bit deeper into the topics that I want to cover. So, my name is Ray Clark, and I'm the Director of Training and Development, and I work for both Truck Country and Stoops. So, that entitles me to overseeing both of our corporate training centers one we have in Dubuque, Iowa, and then another one that we have. In Indianapolis, Indiana. And today, on our very first show, I have uh, Miss Katie with me.
1: Hi, everyone. So, my name is Katie Porter. Um, so, I have a couple different roles to my job. I work as the executive assistant to our owner over at the Stoop Side. And then I'm also part of our marketing team, and I plan all of our events. Um, And so I've always been super interested in podcasts. So when Ray approached me with it, I was very excited about it. And so I'm going to be responsible for helping put it together, as well as Josh and Jenny, who work over at the Truck Country side. Um, So, Ray, what are some of the topics you plan on covering in our podcast?
0: So I'll give you some bullet points. And and first and foremost, we're going to definitely cover, and, uh, you know, this is about our sponsorship, Truck Country, Stoops Freightliner. So we're going to cover some company Aspects, what we do for our customers, what we do for our employees—kind of a, a very big picture scale of that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'd like to bring in some industry leaders and talk to them more on the uh, where is transportation and how is how is that role played in what they're done through throughout their career and or their lifetime. Uh, I would also like to talk to, and this is a this is a really big one for me. Is I'd like to bring in. And we're going to get some educators and some recruiters in. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about, honestly, the biggest struggle is that we all see right now, both auto and diesel, is getting technicians into the field and getting that skilled trade um, employee in there. So those are some of the hot topics that uh, we'll be talking about further in the shows.
1: So let's go back to that first topic that you brought up. So what do we do here at Truck Country Stoops? I feel like we should give our audience a bit of an intro of what we do over here at this company.
0: Yeah, so a lot of people probably know the Stoops name if you're in Indiana, Ohio area. They know the Truck Country name if you're further in the Midwest, Wisconsin. So we are a Class 8 semi-truck dealership. So what that means is all the Freightliners, Western Star trucks that are going up and down the road, uh, that you see, we are a branded dealership for those. So we have 22 locations. We cover five states. And uh, within those states, uh, pretty heavy in Wisconsin, and Indiana probably has our, our largest numbers in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, But, yeah, we're probably the largest or one of the largest family-owned and operated Freightliner dealerships in today's uh, United States.
1: Yeah. So, the other point you talked about was industry leaders. So, I guess, who are some of the industry leaders, um, where we work, and what do they do, and what are we going to talk about?
0: So, I've got kind of a handful selected already when I say industry leaders. I've got guys in the sales end of it with fairly large Midwest companies, and I wanted to talk to them in in the relationship of transportation and, and how it's related to them, all the way down to even Uh, This year's biggest topic probably has been the pandemic and how have they they pushed through, you know, and and where where is transportation? Because with the pandemic being said, that's the one, probably the one largest industry that hasn't sat still. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to do that with the industry leaders.
1: Yeah, I think you're totally right. I think most people don't. Realize that everything they have probably came from truck and transportation. So, if that's ever delayed, you can't get the goods you need, and grocery stores suffer. So, that'll be pretty interesting. Um, the other point you talked about was educators and recruiters. So, I wonder how, you know, maybe recruiting has changed versus when you first got into the industry and versus now.
0: Yeah. So, that's like I said, that's probably the biggest passion. When you look at that right now, I try to reflect back when, uh, when I was in high school and you sat down with your counselor and, and they're like, okay, so where are you going to go?
1: Right. I remember that. Yeah. Yep.
0: And it's like instantly like, Oh, you need this, this, and this. Cause you know, most four year schools are going to want a uh, language in there and stuff. They're going to want a higher mm-hmm. math class. And it's like, okay, so I know myself, I wasn't that kind of guy. Uh-huh, I, right. I, I took French class just to kind of take it to have a language <laughs> and I think the biggest thing that we got to get in the mind concept on the educator side and where recruiting comes in is that there are kids out there right now that just don't want to do the four-year college.
1: Right. Totally get it.
0: And they're very smart. They're Mm -hmm. not uneducated by any means. They're not that typical farm boy that gets nuts and bolts and greasy and grimy day after day. Uh, They are very sharp, intelligent young people. But they don't want to go into that four-year school frame. So I think getting more of the educators and, and just have an open conversation and trying to get them to realize the different paths and avenues, uh-huh. um, probably pay scale is the biggest thing, right? Right. Y- you look at, okay, so you look at back in the day when it was, you know, it was thought of as greasy, grimy job. It's, mm-hmm. it's nuts and bolts and I'm going to get dirty for a living. That's not such a bad thing. Right. And now you look at today's technology is, yes, you everybody's got to start in the bottom. They're going to get greasy, grimy. They're going to get dirty. They're going to do loop oil. But as you progress, this is where the technical end and the educated side comes in is because the trucks have changed so much. Technicians are doing light checks with just a laptop now. Mm-hmm. So you have to be computer savvy. And if you're on a computer, you're typically not getting very dirty anymore. Right. So you look at a, a good diagnostic tech five years into the into the field, and he's literally working off from a laptop ninety percent of his day, barely getting any you know any grease or grime on him. And he's passing jobs off to the guys that are making repairs because he's got the next diagnostic truck to look at. But uh, in the big picture, when you look at the end, the pay scale of it a 5 year career guy in this field can easily be doing 50 plus thousand dollars or more um even in upwards of 80,000 5 years after a 4 year education depending on where you land i mean if you look at paralegal you can look at business aspects and different things that where you've sunk 4 years of your career and education mm-hmm. in In five years, you're still paying on your student loan. Right.
1: That's what I was going to touch upon. So I'm fresh out of college, a year out of college, graduated high school in 2015, graduated a traditional four-year college in 2019 with a degree in marketing. And so you touched upon earlier you know, when you were in high school, you sat down with your career counselor, and they're like, okay, where do you want to go? And I just remember the high school that I went to, the The counselors were like, well, you know, you have to go to a traditional four-year school. And, you know, I don't know if, if you should go into a trade school. And they were almost kind of – I remember hearing that they would almost kind of push these kids who wanted to go into some kind of trade. Oh, we'll just go to Ivy Tech, and yeah, you, they you kind need of to get your to bachelor's. And so the the big joke is just like – and so like now I'm, you know, a year out of school and I've been at this company for about a year and I just think, well, joke's on me because I have student loans and these people that went to, you know, these trade schools and now they're working off, they don't have they don't have near the student loans that I do. And I think we're really gonna see a shift in Trade schools becoming more popular and becoming technicians and stuff a lot more popular because one it's in demand because you had a group of all these students around my age or a little bit younger a little bit older and all of us went to a four year college and so now there's no one to work on our trucks and our semis and stuff like that and so now the demand has totally shifted and so I think you have to keep that in mind when recruiting for the future. And
0: very valid point, right? You said uh, your generation or maybe even another uh, lower generation right
1: yeah, the gen z's
0: so <laughs> times that by about probably three or four uh-huh. that have not had that opportunity to go to a trade school or go straight into the workforce mm-hmm. to get that skilled trade
1: yeah so it's like we, you really have to get them early you know what i mean you really have to kind of plant that seed early and say you know you know, whichever way you want to go is fine, but if, you know, you don't you don't like sitting in a classroom and, and working on your laptop and doing, you know, math and stuff like this, maybe you can go and work with your hands. And it's just as much a valid career as getting your bachelor's degree or getting your master's degree and going on and working some kind of desk job or something like that.
0: And, and even more so to your point, what I've seen that I think you're spot on, that you're going to see a big shift in the push for trade schools because... Yep. So the past couple of years moving into the training side of it, I've also had a little recruiting. I've sat in on different uh, conferences and stuff. And I have seen from Indiana to Wisconsin, governors pushing the fact to any of the workforce developments and or the, the uh, colleges or high schools, how do we get the schools back up and running with the skilled trades? So mm-hmm. the yep. government is, is trying to help support that effort of getting the traits and the skills back into the high school end of it. So yeah. very much. But yeah, that's, that's probably been a, a really big push and passion for myself. Um, and it's, it's cool because of you being a younger generation, you knew that you kind of were steered towards that. Hey, yeah. you, you really got to take that traditional four year degree. And exactly to your point here, you sit back and, and kind of burdened with some student loans. Yep.
1: That I'll be paying off for the next. I think it's like a ten-year plan or something. And I mean, all of my my peers and stuff are kind of in the same boat. And not that I'm a super like, uh, I'm not a handyman by any means. And I don't think I would have gone that way. But just to, I just think we need to get rid of the stigma that oh, it's a dirty job and it's for people that aren't very smart. It's like it's just a different career path and it's just as valid as yep as going to a four-year school.
0: And one of the reasons, and, and I've I've kind of tried to reflect back of why do we why do we not have that skilled trades in high schools, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you look back, and, and it's the curriculum, right? It, it's the curriculum. I think it's the the overall change of, uh, and I don't want to I don't want to tag it as generation, but the overall change in mentality of people and in the the country itself, right? So back in my day, my mother didn't typically work. My dad was the, kind of the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. But also on that same aspect, though, is your, your mom and or dad typically did more with you around the house. There wasn't a computer to, to jump on. There was mm-hmm. no phone. Sir. So when it came to, hey, i got to do an oil change, it was grab your kid. You went out to the garage. Yeah. You did the oil change with yeah. him. Hey, even if you're my daughter, I'm going to teach you how to change a spare tire in case you ever... You're never going to yeah, be see, stuck side see, I have no idea how
1: to do that. No
0: idea. Right? Yeah. And now you look at it, you have both parents that have to work.
1: Yep, both they, my parents They both well have
0: up. to go and, and bring an income in, and some of it more so to survive than others. Um, but I think the hustle and bustle has is, is changed everybody's mentality of, hey, you know what? I can go down to Quick Lube or Jiffy Lube right. and get my oil change for twenty nine ninety nine. And Exactly. I can do it while I wait. I don't, I don't have to do anything. And Oh, guess what? They can do my breaks too.
1: Yeah. And I wonder if like relationship building also comes into that because it's like, Oh, if I just go to Jiffy Lube, it's 30 bucks. You know what I mean? I don't have to deal with it. I just drop it off versus maybe you get to know the guy at the local shop that does it and build a relationship with him. And then maybe you start talking about things and you get invested in working on your car. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's something to think about.
0: So, I mean, and, and we can, there's a lot to go on with this, this subject. Like I say, I mean, I think there's a very larger scale of some do's and don'ts with, with counselors, with schools, recruiters. Now, if we want to start getting on the recruiters mm-hmm. and you look at that. So you talked about getting into their, into their heads, giving them a path earlier.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The very odd thing that I did with our recruiter, Roger Skim, is we actually were invited into a sixth grade class uh-huh. to talk about our industry. Mm-hmm. So now here I am <clears throat> at that point in time, a service manager thinking, how am I going to relate? Well, you know what? You just think of your own kids at some point in time. And, and right. how did you relate back then? So we had a great morning uh, sessions. They brought in several classes. I mean, I was talking about duct tape and zip ties and working with their dad. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, they could all relate at some sort in time, but exactly to your point. Now the bug is in their ear. Well, now
1: they know someone that works in the industry. You know what I mean, and and they they've seen you and they know what you do. And so at least that's in the back of their mind. Whereas, they might, you know, if they have that interest, they're like, oh, well, I'm interested in this, but I don't know anyone that works in the industry. My parents don't know anyone that works in the industry. I don't know how to get started. And so I think it's kind of I don't want to say scary, but maybe intimidating for a kid to kind of go to their counselor first and say, hey, I think I want to you know, work in this industry and I want to do this, but I'm not sure how to get started. That really has to be on the counselor to right. address that because that, you know, how old are you in sixth grade? 12? Yeah. Right um, around 13? that. 13? I don't know. Right, <laughs> so right, it's right, like, right. it's very intimidating. They're not going to go to their counselor and say, hey, I think I want to do this. Can you provide me with resources? So really we have to get with the counselor and say, hey, here's what you should look for. Um, and, you know, here's maybe a path and kind of direct them to our company and one of our one of our training centers.
0: Yeah. And, and for all the recruiters out there and or counselors uh, more steered towards the recruiters, I would I would encourage you guys to reach more out more to the schools themselves because mm-hmm. I don't think the counselors are going to reach out to you guys because I think there's a still an abundant of them that think that the skilled trades just isn't always the needed path. Now, I'm not saying that all the counselors out there are like that, but I think if the recruiters start getting in the forefront of our, our school counselors, it's gonna help drive that bus. Yeah. To to be able to sit down with a student and say, hey, look, you can do the traditional four-year. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get a, a degree of some sort, mm-hmm. and here's what you typically need for it. Or there's some avenues of going to a tech school or a trade school. Yeah. So let's I want to reflect back and you you mentioned that about you know you had that conversation with your counselor and mm-hmm. you kind of chose that four year yeah you're only out a year I mean is that is that kind of drive you crazy a little bit now thinking back or is it like yeah it's it's the pill and I swallowed it
1: um it's a hard question
0: it is that's I, I kind of a little bit because I can't
1: felt. imagine myself in a trade school right like I'm I'm not a very hands on person I like. I like designing stuff. I like writing stuff. I like writing blogs. I like helping out with social media, that kind of stuff. But it's just more the stigma, I think, that bothers me so much. It's like I definitely went to school with kids that were forced into going to a community college, which there's nothing wrong with community college, but don't waste your time. You know what I mean? Just to get a bachelor's degree, just to say you have one. Um, So it does drive me kind of nuts. Um, yeah, I don't know
0: yeah and that's, you're making
1: me ponder too much right
0: <laughs> and that's that's what I wonder is how many how many young kids are out there right now, young career minded people that kind of jumped in a path that they're sitting back questioning on and saying well i I grabbed it because i I thought that's what I wanted to do right. So what I would tell everybody is that even though you may have gone down that traditional training or education path, right don't think that you can't change careers
1: right of course I think that's another thing but I don't know how you would transition from one to another you know what I mean
0: right you got to find the one that fits you right you know there's a lot of people out there uh, I use this as an example when I when I visit schools I talk about a gamer mm-hmm. and, and how many things are going on when when you're sitting down you know I don't by any means try to single anybody out but when you're you're that gamer you're sitting down you got four or five things going on on a screen at once, Mm -hmm. and you're typically multitasking in your head, in your brain, and playing the game. So I relate that back to a a technician that's got a diagnostic screen up in front of him.
1: Right. That's a good way to relate it. And it's
0: like, okay, so on a diagnostic tech, on some of those very uh, intricate screens, he's got multitude of voltages and sensor temperatures and everything else going on. So that tech has to not only do math in his head Mm -hmm. pretty quickly, but he's got to pay attention to God knows how many different sensors and settings Uh and and diagnose that truck by looking at that screen or at least steer him in the right direction.
1: Yeah, so you have to be a great multitasker. You probably also have to be able to prioritize things. You know what I mean? Well, this has to get done before I do this, before I do this. Yeah. So that's something to think about too. And so maybe just... Being able to get those kids and, and have them realize, you know, characteristics that they have that would put them in the kind of career path that we want to is good.
0: Exactly. And that's my point is yeah, I don't know you, how to you don't that. have to be that, you don't have to be that nuts and bolts kind of gearhead guy all the time yeah. to be a diesel technician anymore. Yeah.
1: And there's, there's multiple jobs you can do in the industry yep. and whatnot. Yeah. So why did you see the need to start the podcast?
0: So the cool thing for me was I was recently, this year, months back here, not too long ago, invited to a uh, 2020 Tech Mission podcast with Jagan and from Find a Wrench in Mm -hmm. Wrenchway. And it was kind of cool because he put me on the industrial roundtable and we talked about pretty much what a little bit what we just recently spoke about was recruiting and, and needing of technicians in the industry and stuff. So it was kind of, for me, it was kind of cool. Like, Hey, wow. It's like, I'm felt like this small town little kind of guy and, and yeah. my voice could finally be heard. Right. Um, and never been asked to be anything like that. And that led to another invite to a podcast. And it was like, you know what? If, if we can, in a sense, keep building this voice mm-hmm. and communication of knowing that the pros and cons so we, we want to hear from the technicians also, right? So we w- not only want to be all about the dealerships and stuff, we want to know and make it better for the technicians because the better we make it in general, the more we're going to want people to come into the industry.
1: Right, it's just more exposure.
0: Yeah. yeah, so that was my big thing is is how can I get a little more exposure for the career, the skilled trades path, and on top of that, our company itself. I think right. we do a of lot course. of cool things for this. Um, you know, like anybody, you're always looking for that marketing. We do part specials, we do service specials, we do a lot of really big things for our customers out there. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think this was my outlet to a for everybody that knows me, I can talk a lot, <laughs> and this is a great outlet and an avenue for me on that aspect. But b I can I guess I can get my passion out there to to try to steer that bus and get that voice out there to get people into the industry. Yeah. And hopefully
1: it sparks someone's interest. Yeah.
0: Yep. So that's, uh, that's the basis of really promoting the podcast and getting rolling with us.